Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Fort Park- Collins, Colorado. Fort Collins, Colorado. That's my guy, Joey No Chill Prano. That's right. I'm in Fort Collins, Colorado for one more day. We'll leave tomorrow for Steamboat Springs doing two nights of shows in Steamboat Springs uh, tomorrow, Friday and Saturday. Schmiggities in Steamboat Springs, the Steamboat Comedy Show. So come check that out. Uh, tonight, I will be doing the Don't Tell Comedy Show in Denver. So if you're listening to this and you want to come see me in Denver before I leave town, uh, don'ttellcomedy.com. Uh, you'll have to sign up for tonight's show. And if you're listening to this and you want to do that, you better do it soon. Also, Andy, while while I'm doing plugs, can I get a plug in for us? Sure. A link has been posted on the Comedy House New Orleans website for our live podcast and stand-up shows. The link might change, but in the meantime, no matter when you're listening to this, you can go to the Comedy House New Orleans website and you can click on the link for the podcast, the 1,000th live podcast. And if you go in there, you can buy tickets to see us do a live podcast, the 1,000th episode, hitting four digits. Also in there, if you scroll down, there is a podcast and show combo package. Tickets to each are going to be $20. Tickets to each will be $25 at the door. But in advance, for a limited time only, you can go two for one. You can go to the live podcast and one of our stand-up shows for $30 total. So go in there. This is going to be something that we do only for the next couple months. We're about four months out to the Dirty Sports 1,000th episode in New Orleans. But I would say until from now until about October, we're going to do two for one. So if you're going to come, get your tickets early. I know it's only a $10 difference, but also might be some things that we're giving away or doing. They're special for uh, folks who buy the two for one. So go in there. There's a link to the podcast. Buy the two for one. That'll tell us you're coming. It'll help us to plan. I've already been looking. Andy, there's big blocks of seats in the upper portion of uh, Caesar's Superdome. So the earlier people get tickets, the more people we know are coming. There's a Reddit thread where I've done a sort of roll call. Add your name in there. It's going to make planning a lot easier. If you're coming, I'd like to sit at the game with you. I'd like you to be at the tailgate. I'd like you to you know, be on a, a maybe a, a big DM thread or something like that. So we can all do this together. So get in there and get your tickets now. Go and Reddit and give us your name. Okay, that's it. That's my plugs, Andy. So that links up. I, I currently have it on the, the screen. It's comedy.house forward slash tickets. So 
I, I don't I can't get a specific link. Uh, I just checked, but just scroll down. Yeah, we're the last date that they've got on their calendar. You guys can figure it out. Fingers yeah. crossed. They Fingers won't all crossed. be able to figure it out, but I bought my flight this morning. Let's go. So it got getting little... Friday. I am. Um, and when will you leave? Sunday night or Monday morning? Early Sunday morning. Early Sunday morning. I'm sorry, Monday morning. Okay. I was like, like Andy, you're missing the game. Like five. Whoa. Like five thirty. Bye forever. <laughs> well, I just because I have to be back for my dot like because she works Mondays till nine. Right. So I I looked at flights and I was like either early or I wouldn't be be back. Yeah. So uh yeah, I think I get in around like nine Friday. Great. So um yeah, that'll be a, a fun nine, uh, nine PM Friday night. Yeah. Love it. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'll have, I'll have been there a week by then. <laughs> you will have a an apartment leased. Yeah, exactly. You can crash in my apartment. I think people are lukewarm on Airbnb these days, by the way. Uh, don't even get me started on Airbnb and like a lot of people complaining saying and, I, and I'm seeing I don't know I'm seeing people being like dude I think hotels are kind of back the, back in is the thing are you saying that in regards to this in general or in regards to people like online in general I've just seen a lot of things online whether they have merit or not complaining about Airbnb and I've seen numerous articles being like uh yeah so hotels he, are the I thing have a now. theory about this actually I have a theory that this is the big hotel machine propaganda campaign. Like all of a sudden I noticed on TikTok and on reels, people be like, Hey, yeah, I don't want to do your laundry before I leave town. I think I'm going to go back to hotels. And what I find interesting is like, there's a whole, there's a whole big thing that was going on. I mean, Airbnb has definitely changed, but I think it's changed because of all this stuff, which is, um, you know, the, the real complaint, and the honest and I think truthful, like r the real issue with Airbnb is you can't do two days in an Airbnb anymore because they charge you a cleaning fee. That's yeah. like, okay, if we were spending there, if, if I was spending a week there, then it's 20 bucks a day, but instead you're just charging me like a full other day to clean your apartment. So I get that, but I really feel like the hotel industry was like, Hey, what if we play pay like influencers to just start complaining on, on social media about everybody? Yeah. Like I'm not trying to do your dishes before I leave. Oh yeah. I'm not trying to make my own bed. It's like, it's like, have you guys been to a hotel lately? When's the last time you went to a hotel and they like changed your sheets every day or like gave you new towels every day. When's the last time you were at a hotel that had room service as an option where you were like, I'd like to order room service. And they're like, yeah, we do that. Go to a hotel sometime and try calling the front desk. This is a fun game to play. Just try calling the front desk. You know when you go to a hotel and they have that like button and it's like housekeeping, room service, front like try hitting any of those buttons. Try finding a button that works that you get a human being on the phone. Big hotel was like we're getting crushed by Airbnb. We need a propaganda campaign. And then suddenly all these White girls were like, yeah, I don't want to marry Andre before I live. 
I'm well, going I, back that, to hotels. I definitely that's the tick not all come back. I definitely saw a few things on TikTok. That's why I was like people complaining. Um, which which could definitely be, happen. I think that I think the uh like them being paid. Yes. I I 100% think it. And then also anytime like these things happen, people like jump on a trend. But I mean, listen, there's a lot of things to criticize Airbnb about. Um, mostly I think the cleaning fee, but I also think like real estate people, landlords, whatever, were like, why would we sell? Like, you know, we, we have all these houses and now we can't like rent apartments because, oh, the, the, we're, we're struggling with you this morning, Prana. Well, am, am I having, uh, am I cutting out? Yeah, you're kind of going, yeah, you've been cutting in and out the last oh, like, 30 seconds. Let me, uh, why don't you so, take over and I'll off and on my, yeah. uh, thing here. Yeah. Do your thing. So, yeah, I've seen a lot about that stuff. Like Prano was saying, and he's right. Like the cleaning fee has gotten ridiculous, but I, this all goes back to my point. You're talking about like, well, you can't find anybody at the front desk, which wouldn't surprise me. Where I know I said this like in the last few years, but like, where did everybody go? Like, because there's just no workers. Like, the bar has been set so low in general. The other day, I was doing self checkout at Kroger, and my thing just, you know, like it does. It just suddenly said, see attendant, because it was claiming I didn't bag something. And the girl was sitting there right by the self checkout on her phone, just sitting there. To the point I just go, uh, excuse me, like kind of like a dick. And she literally just walks over, hits the thing. And I was a dick back. I go, don't work too hard. And she just, <laughs> it, it, it was like a South Park episode. She's like, eh. like a character. And, and I'm just thinking like, like, is it that bad now? And, and, it, and the answer is yes. Like they can't even find, dude, you're on your phone. You're some like well, 19 year old. I, th I, th I think to defend. Get off your phone. Yeah. To defend those people too. Like the pay is probably absolute horseshit. And I'm sure it is, but you, your one job is just to make sure like it's right. not difficult when yeah. those things happen. Right. And the glitches right. happen with the computers. I, I just you know, override I, it. I, I think we definitely have a labor issue and it's, and it's, there's so many layers to that in terms of, the way these corporations refuse to waste money on people. They just will, they'll waste money on everything, but people like the, the, the American worker is getting screwed each and every way. Mm -hmm. But there's also, I mean, pre COVID you look at hotels like, hi, uh, yeah, we're going to we're going to give you we're going to shame you with some environmental thing. If you check right here, uh, it just means we're never going to give you a towel for your entire week's stay. But you will save a panda and we will give you 11 Radisson, Radisson hotel points. And you're like, where do I claim those? They're like, oh, you'll you're going to stockpile those. You're going to be able to stay at Radisson's for free one day because you don't take your towels. And you're like, just can I just can I just have fresh towels? Like yeah. oh you so you hate the environment? No, your towels are gross, and I just want fresh ones every day. Okay, fine. Like they they try to scam you into 
Oh, our uh, our cafe closes at uh at eleven a.m. What time is it open? Ten forty-five a.m. Oh, okay, cool. So last week we I have was... we have serve yourself breakfast from five fifteen a.m. to five thirty a.m. <laughs> if you get up, there's a short window where eleven hundred people will be making fresh waffles, but after that, the whole thing gets shut down and turns into an old west ghost town. So last week I was I was out like out in the sticks like 40 minutes away from where i live and it's funny you talk about everything closing i saw a jack in the box and like i guess maybe that's this definitely new like uh, we never had jack in the you know jack in the box was always like a west coast thing and i think they've they've branched out but my eyes lit off when i got the exit for what i was doing and i was like okay later you know me that was was that that was always like a go-to jack in the box visit what's up the the pre the 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 pre planned Jack in the Box visit is yeah that's premeditated murder right there. <laughs> well, like I planted a seed and I and I did I go I haven't had Jack in the Box since I lived in California, and I was like you know what that's gonna sound good later, and uh, sure enough a few hours later, I'm like I could use some dinner. It's about eight o'clock. Pull up to the Jack in the Box. Like it's like a brand new one too, you know, one that's just been built because it's one of those areas where you're like, oh, let's live out here where it's cheap, you know, because you're in the middle of bumfuck, right? And I'm like, okay, new Jack in the Box is gonna be good. No, <laughs> okay, new Jack in the Box. Uh, and this I'm, is I'm, gonna I'm, be good. Yeah, and I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm going like the old school Andy, the stuff I started doing in college. Like the problem, well, the problem with Jack in the Box is like. The the facilities weren't new enough, dude. I yeah, exactly. I was I was thinking like old school, which then I continued in California and Las Vegas, wherever I lived. I was like, okay, I'm gonna go with a couple, you know, a couple of the value meal burgers, chicken sandies, some of the 99 cent tacos, which for the record, guys, are not 99 cents anymore. No surprise there. I think they're like a dollar thirty nine. Anyway, I'm sitting in line. And I'm like, wait a second. There's no one around. And it's eight o'clock, and I'm like, there's no one around. And I'm like, no, don't you? I drive all the way around the front. Do they close at seven o'clock on weekdays? Wow. And I'm like, Jack in the Box is known to be a, a 24 hour or a late night place. I mean, I used to do a joke like that, but that that that's essentially a like that right there. That's a serial killer fly trap. Basically, can you imagine pulling into a Jack in the Box at 6.45 p.m. and being like, I'm just here for a regular old dinner. They're like, get out of the car, sir. Where are, you, where are the bodies? Are you drunk? He's like, no, I'm just I'm just trying to get dinner. Get out of the car. We've had a rash of murders in this town and you're it. We know it. You just yeah. came here for dinner. I was so bummed, man. I just sat from McDonald's across the street. I was so bummed. I literally drove home and I was, I was, I felt defeated, which was weird because again, Jack in the box is nothing special. It was just the nostalgia of, I haven't had it since California. That's you all know, I want. You know, who's the most upset that that, uh, Jack in the box closes early is the Lakers fans who spent $2,000 on their tickets <laughs> and then hitchhiked across the whole country just to show up at a Jack in the box and be like, I can't get two free tacos. <laughs> so one of the, one of them the, the most LA things ever 
is Lakers fans who can't get into the into crypto.com arena for under $600 a ticket and they'd rather the two free jack in the box tacos than they would a Lakers championship. <laughs> I know. So true. And I'm like if they weren't free, they'd be 99 cents. You're like fuck. I I need it. <laughs> People are dumb. People lose their mind over free shit, man. Yeah. That that's like the most brilliant marketing technique is just you win something or rewards points because I fall for it all the time. Every single restaurant has that now, you know. Yeah. Every single restaurant has their own, and I'm like, wait a second. So if I spend a thousand dollars at Jersey Mike's, I get a free sandwich once every seven years. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and and what's so funny is I love it when people. I love like the people who think they're like dialed into the matrix who'll be like, Oh, cool. You're going on, you're going on Instagram and you're, you're using a face filter. You know that they're using that so they could steal your soul. Right. But then everybody will be like, join the Jack in the box fucking free sandwich in the month club. And all I have to do is give you an ounce of blood and my phone password. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, like, it's all data mining. That's like, the only thing Jack in the Box or fucking Jersey Mike's, they just want your phone number. They're like, we can't wait to sell this to somebody. Oh, 100%. That's why they all ask for it. Yeah. Oh, just it's give a- us your phone number. I, I'd rather not. Oh, geez. Guess you don't want a free sandwich 16 years from now. Speaking of data mining, I was on some group text exchange, and this thing came in. It came in in, like, Chinese characters or it looked like chinese i don't know and there's there's like 20 people on it on a group on a group text to me and and the only number i recognized was yoshi and you you're gonna love this bro yoshi you're replied gonna, what's up yoshi replied of course he did but get what, this what is wrong with him but get this it was there was a link to something and he literally wrote something like, because I deleted everything. Yoshi wrote like, I'll check it out. <laughs> like, thanks for sharing. So maybe it was, I, I, none of it made sense. Or and I don't even, like, I guess I didn't look close enough. Did Yoshi start this? Is he, but you're right, only Yoshi. Yeah, whenever my- I get texts like that, I literally d- delete the, first I go and I block, block everybody and then delete the thing. They don't even want an accident. I should text him about that. I texted him last week. Cause- you should text him about that if you want somebody to be going through your phone because Yoshi's clearly compromised at this point. A hundred percent. I do recommend for any dirt balls, if you want to hear like really inside the mind of Yoshi and why he visits all these serial killers and terrorists and the Epstein Island tours, all the shit he does. They really go into it on your mom's house that he was on last week. Dude, it's fascinating. Like, scroll 25 minutes into the to the Yoshi interview, which is like an hour plus. Dude, his his mind. I, I'm listening and I'm just like fascinated. Like, it goes through the whole backstory. Apparently, his dad was into serial killers. I didn't know any of this. And then, like, he got into serial killers and he's... I mean, you and I have joked about it on this show, and we've joked with him on this show, 
but I didn't realize the level of around the entire world places he's visited just to be like, oh, Ted Bundy took a shit yeah. at this truck stop in 1982. Like Yoshi is now creating theories. They're actually kind of logical about like why people are the way they are and their backstory. And he, he does all, and then the episode is funny. Cause he's like, you know, I'm not a psychologist. They're like, I'm not a doctor, but this is my theory. Yeah. We know you're not a doctor Yoshi. <laughs> you're literally a lab rat. <laughs> he's like, but I have been around a lot of doctors. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, let's hop into some things. We, had a lot going on, I feel, in the in the NFL world because it's it's coming up. But before we jump into the current news, I want to bring yeah. an update to the whole Michael Orr situation. I am fascinated myself by this because there's so much back and forth since we discussed the lawsuit on Monday. Now the Tui family, of course, has responded, but there's just so much from each side and also everyone on social seems to be siding so hard one way or the other where I'm like the you know to me now as more comes out this could be maybe a little more blurred right but as as we get into this as we get into this I, I have a few thoughts but I don't know if you've read anymore I'm glad that ESPN did a straight up frequently asked questions sorting out the biggest claims and they literally just break it down, which makes it easy to read, right? So as we know, right, Prant, he filed a petition Monday in Tennessee, basically saying he didn't get any money, the whole conservatorship, all the other bullshit that came with it. He was lied to, blah, 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 blah. So, of course, the, the two he's ever responded – but dude, the responses are, in my opinion, from them are pretty, pretty shady. So Sean Tooney didn't the dad did an, an interview, right, Prano on Monday, trying to defend what they did. And this is what he said. Michael was living with us for a long time, and the NCAA didn't like that because he was a former Ole Miss basketball player. So he could be classified as a booster. And according to him, the NCAA said the only way Michael could go to Ole Miss was if he was actually part of the family. Basically saying, right, you can't go to Ole Miss because I'm a former player and I'm involved and it'll look like I'm recruiting you, which, okay, well, like the NCAA, like they care. Like, like you know, that's a whole thing to me. Right. And and he said, I sat him down and said, if you're planning to go to Ole Miss or if you consider it, we think you have to be part of the family and we have to do this legally. So, of course, the NCAA doesn't respond to this. So, like, to me, that's a red flag off the, off the, like, the start, in my opinion. Yeah, 100%. Like, the, the, uh, like listen – if you watch the movie and the whole thing, and obviously there's uh, what's in there is fact, par partially fact, a lot of fiction. I'm sure it's like okay, them pushing him to go to like Ole Miss, like 
they're essentially are fucking being boosters. You know what I mean? Like there's some part of this where it's like, did they pay for some kid to live in their house so that he would go to his alma mater and be a fucking first round draft pick protecting some old miss quarterbacks blind side. Like, like the, what, what the accusations of him, like maybe wrongdoing. It's like, isn't that essentially what happened? But then the 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 idea of well why didn't you guys just like adopt him out of the gate why and what and why didn't you explain like the idea that oh we explained to him the conservatorship but we didn't but we did but we didn't it's like dude they're adopting somebody and having them having a soon to be high draft pick in the NFL draft under a conservatorship is things you cut out right there. It's what? Oh, he lost it. Um, so this is an interesting tidbit too. I'm just going to read some things that I read in this article that I think really need to be known by the public because a lot of people don't discuss these things. So in their own book that the Tuies wrote, their own book, which was published in 2010, they never used the word conservatorship conservatorship in 271 pages this is their own book right but it but it includes a form of the word adoption more than 30 times and i think when it comes to these things and the facts this is so important they can call it conservatorship all i want they never use that in their own fucking book on page 169 of the book they say so the idea of adopting michael came to us quite naturally one evening we were told him that we wanted to formally become his guardians he wasn't so we can hear you joe you there i lost mike okay you lost your mic okay anyway so it says i'll just mute you until uh if i can do that until you get that situated um so anyway so the idea of adopting Michael came to us naturally. One evening, we told him that we wanted to formally become his guardians. It wasn't an executive family session or anything. We were all just lounging around the dinner table. So, again, this is from their book. Yeah. Like, this is what's crazy to me. Also, what the move the book, so the book turns into a movie, not that book. Their friend, Michael Lewis, writes The Blind Side, Evolution of a Game Book, which first chronicled the story. It never used the word conservatorship once, but always refers to him as legal guardians. Right. So, so like, guys, context is key here. And everyone said, how did he just learn? Maybe he didn't. Or the argument, it's because he's broke, which I fucking hate, by the way. It doesn't matter whether he's broke or not. But like also, I, like, I go I go again to, like, we talked about this last episode. Like, who are you people that are defending? Like, Andy just, like, laid it out for you. Like, they said adoption 200 and whatever times. They never said, like, there's, there's, there's adoption 30 times. They just never said conservatorship. Yeah. They just lied. And it's like. Well, you, do you want to hear another lie? Yeah. They said. Sean Tui, this is just Monday said we contacted lawyers who told us we couldn't adopt him over the age of 18 and the only thing we could do was a conservatorship. ESPN 
straight up debunks that. They right. say you are in the state of Tennessee allowed to adopt someone past 18 as right. long as the birth parents were notified and agreed to the process. So once again, that's just a lie. Right. But, you know, like uh, uh, this is the world we live in today. When when one side is so clearly wrong and the other side is so clear, so like, hey, I feel like I was really taken advantage of and there's really no blurred lines here. People are always going to come in like like in a world where people just like can't accept that. And, you know, of course, one of the two is f- first thing Monday morning on Barstool. Like, yeah. hey, you want to you want to chum it up? Hey, we've got a smoke show of the day here and a guest smoke show raider. Uh, which of these 17 year old uh, high, high school girls would you guys like to have in your conservatorship? Yeah. Well, I, if you I had listen. to pick between these Alabama sorority girls for your family not to adopt, but to steal all future earnings from, who would you want living in your house? And he's like, yeah, how about sexy Sandy? <laughs> yeah, I, I listened to part of that terrible interview. If you could only take one bite of the future earnings from these projected top draft picks, which projected top draft pick are you going to take one bite out of? Fucking assholes. Well, you know what's funny what their son said when he went on Barstool? He's saying they didn't make that much money. He said, I've only made like 60 to 70 grand over the course of the last four or five years. This is, this is, this is my, always my, why is no one just saying what I'm about to say? Dude, why do you deserve anything? Yeah. You, you only you, made 60 or 70 grand doing what? Doing what? You're literally the son of parents who started a conservatorship for someone who played in the NFL. What the He's like, hey, fuck man, did you hey, do? Hey, man. Hey, man. Hold on a second. Take take a step back, Andy Ruther. So the way it is down here, 60, 70 grand to let a black man live in your house. Kind of a steal, if you're asking me. <laughs> a lot of us demand a way more than that for him to just be. So he's just there at breakfast. 70 grand seems like a good deal. Why sh- let me put it this way, guys, and I, and I'd be curious if anybody would want to debate me on this. If you're doing this for the good of being a per like a good person, why would you want any money? That, that that's all I'm gonna say. Like like if you want to take this kid in and you want to help this kid, why should you? your husband or either your twat kids get a cent. No correction. Why would you want a cent? Right. Why wouldn't you just say, Hey, this poor kid's down on his luck. We're going to take him in because that's the right thing to do, which for some reason, no one is discussing. But but by the way, forget the right thing to do because no one, obviously like that adopting some kid, which you didn't do, but um, taking some kid in your home, like, that's going above and beyond. Like that's not, you don't have to do that. It doesn't make, it doesn't mean you're a bad person if you don't take some kid in your home and raise him. But the thing is, is like it becomes very, so if you take this kid into your home and you funnel him to your alma mater 
and you take a portion of his earnings and you take a portion of of book and movie earnings that you made from selling his story then you just it's like oh so you're just assholes that were trying to better the school that you went to that you're a booster of you're trying to like make money off him because the thing is like i'm not saying you're a bad person if you don't walk the streets and go hey anybody want to come live with us sure but you are a bad person if you do it and every step along the way every step along the way it benefits you a hundred percent you could argue that it didn't benefit them all along the way if he had just like gone to lsu and they did all this stuff. But every every single thing that happened benefited them. A book deal, a movie deal, speaking, an Ole Miss deal. Come on, speaking engagements. The, the thing is, people on the other side want to say they didn't have to take him in. Yeah, they didn't. And, uh, and they put their own resources and their own financial means. Yeah, you're right. But they also completely benefited from that. Now, now, had they said, hey, let's say the mom says, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to be getting these booking fees for personal appearances. Everything I make or let's say 90% of what I make is going to go towards a Michael Orr Foundation or something along those lines. That's a different story. But guys, that's not the case. They completely benefited from this. Listen, and- I'm not I'm not trying to do. Like, I'm not trying to like, because this isn't my doing by any means. So it's it's certainly not making me look better. But let me just tell you something about my parents, but specifically my mom. My dad would fucking shake his head and be like, we're doing this again. But over the years, the amount of friends that myself, my brother, my sister had that had we're going through tough times, whether it be somebody in their family was sick or somebody in their family was sick. like the amount of people that just came and like lived in our house for like months at a time. My parents were like, my, my mom, my mom forced my dad's hand to do it. My dad would be like, who is this person that lives? Who are these three people that are living with us now? He's like, and I pay for this. And she was like, yeah, you do. Cause you have it and you're going to. And he'd be like, oh, all right, whatever. And Never, never once, and they like, didn't tell anybody about it. Sure, no speaking engagements. No, like you have to work for us. You have to like. Yeah, my mom wasn't like. Well, if you're here, you're gonna do chores. She wasn't like mow the lawn. Let alone you have to go to my alma mater and give me half of your career earnings. Yeah, we we knew a family like that as well. They they took in somebody, like a real close family that we used to share, uh, you know, holidays with. And they took in, it was like a Michael Orr situation. They took somebody in. Same thing. They didn't, there was no public, you know what I'm saying? Like out of the goodness of their heart, hey, somebody, I don't even know how this got connected, but somebody with a really rough upbringing is suddenly living at their house. There's, there's no fanfare about it. Right. Yeah. I, I just, every, I don't know why though. It, Every single person I see defend, no one's asking again, the basic question of why are you, why are you, why are you earning? Like, like that douchebag who went on Barstool, dude, why, why should you get 60 to 70 grand? Cause mommy took in somebody. The fuck did you do? 
And it doesn't matter to me, Joe, if he did blow all his money. I don't and, really care. And, and here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. If you do this on the other side, like if you do this and don't even pretend to like be caring about this kid, like I have, I know somebody who is essentially like a financial advisor for like young athletes. But what he'll, what his company does is like, pays for AAU kids' sneakers and pays for their training and pays for speed clinics and pays for them to have a tutor and in exchange gets part of their earnings should they go to the NBA one day. And everybody's like, you're a fucking leech. You're a monster. You're an asshole. You're a piece of shit. You're a scumbag. You're a thief. You're taking advantage of young, poor kids. And what does it matter to you? You throw out a couple. And and those people sit there and they go, 29 of the 30 kids we do this to never smell the NBA. So we're doing a good thing. It's like, no, you're not. No, you're not. You're just investing in 30 different properties. And one of them is going to blow up. And those people get called assholes, leeches, scumbags. Dude, that's what this family did. This no, it is. It's an investment. Invested in this kid and then profited off him. They yeah. bought Apple stock low and then they made money off it for years. And again, I'm sure I'm not saying, you know, because everybody's saying, well, he's saying he was demanding money and he was threatened to go to the press if they didn't give him a certain amount. You know, I, you know, whatever, like my response to that is, okay, whatever. I don't really care. At, at the end of the day, that's what you said is what I care about. Like guys, it doesn't mean that maybe he's not, Michael Orr might not be doing the smart things maybe right now or how he's handled it at times, but you and can't maybe you guys should have sent him to a better school than Ole Miss. Yeah, all, all I'm saying is you can't deny what you just said and say they didn't look at this as some sort of investment. Guys, because even if he doesn't go to the NFL, any any sort of profit they use and say, you know, as, as the feel-good story, which then turns into the book, which then turns into the movie. Like, my point is, all along the way, they benefited. How did they not benefit? No one knows who the fuck they are without Michael Orr. Now, the argument would be, hey, no one knows who he is without them adopting him. Maybe, or I shouldn't even say adopting, without becoming his legal guardians. Maybe. We don't know that. Yeah, but we, also we, we, he's been he's been like outspoken too the whole time. He was like, I wasn't just some like inept kid who had never put on a football helmet. He was like, I was playing football. Well, exactly. And if you read his book, you know, if you look at excerpts, he talks about that in the movie. The movie, they make it look like I'd never seen a bed before. Yeah. Like they make it look like Sandra Bullock taught me how to play tackle. <laughs> well, it'll it'll shake out in the legal process, right? So, I'll be I'll be following all along. I just can't wait for the fucking the son to show up on Ask the Internet. And they'd be like, "Would you rather 
hands made of crickets or to share your childhood bedroom with a uh, gigantic black left tackle. <laughs> Such fucking pieces of shit. So we talked about this briefly before the show. New Hard Knocks, you have not watched it yet. I haven't, unfortunately. And, you know, not because I'm not interested, just obviously in, in Colorado, doing shows, bouncing around. Haven't had some time to just sit around and watch some Hard Knocks. But you tell me, are you it, two episodes in? You're still locked in? You still interested? Yeah, yeah. It's not the I, Cowboys? It's not the... I am. I mean, it's still very pro Aaron Rodgers. It shows him getting a little annoyed, though, during a... Uh... A scrimmage against the Panthers. It's still very pro Aaron Rodgers. Definitely the worst rookie show I've ever seen. It's so bad that the team themselves said, You guys have to come back and do this again the next week. I don't really fully understand what happened. It was like they made the player, the non rookies do like a trivia and they were giving away prizes, but they had it on the big screen. Didn't really make sense. Everybody in the team was like, What the fuck is this? Some funny reactions there. I, I mean, like the team. This is the fear. This is the fear, man. You can have Aaron Rodgers, and you can have a couple new free agent signings for, to play wide receiver with him, and you can have whatever. You're still the fucking Jets. This is the fear. Well, that made me think of a question for the, today's show. Now, we had a call about the episode. I'm going to hold off on the call since you haven't seen it. Okay. I no, I don't, I don't mind. It's, I mean, it's, not, like, yeah, but it's, it's, a, like it's about a speech spoiler. that Robert Sala gave. Okay. So I, it'd be give better context if you've, if you've seen the speech. Um, but I was thinking watching the episode, let's take the Chiefs out. I want to talk a little AFC. Let's take the Chiefs out. So we're two episodes in. If I said to you, Joe, I'm going to give you a $10 bill. You have to spread it around the Bengals, the Bills, and the Jets to come out of the AFC. Again, we're, we're just going to take KC out of it because they're the favorites, right? Right. Okay, so I can only bet on the Bengals, the Bills, or the Jets. You have $10. How are you doing that? How are you using that? Uh, well, let me just say this. I'll pr I'd probably... Like most of my money would go to the Bengals. If I had ten dollars to spread on, I, I'm sort of even on the Jets and the Bills. Okay. Like I, I, I'm not sure. I like, like I, I don't like how the, the Bills are trending. But I still think that they're probably a more complete team than the Jets right now. But it really is all gonna like. It really comes down to how well Aaron Rodgers plays if Aaron Rodgers is if Aaron Rodgers is just two years ago Aaron Rodgers he's better than the best version of Josh Allen's ever been that we've seen in the league so far right so like forget the question mark of like Josh Allen and turnovers or whatever to me it's all about is Aaron Rodgers go back to some semblance of his old self so the question marks around both teams are going to kind of keep me even if I had ten dollars to spread around and I could only put it on those three, three teams. teams. I'd probably go like six bucks on the Bengals and two each on the Jets and the Bills. Interesting. Okay. 
I'd do a little differently. Yeah. I'd probably go four dollars bangles. And three dollars. Four dollars jets. Wow. You see, you're two Aaron, two episodes into Aaron, Aaron Rodgers hard knocks. You're in. $2 this is what bills. I've this is what I've said. There's no better time than the first couple episodes of Hard Knocks. I wish I could bet against the Jets right now. Not that I don't think the Jets can do it, but this happens every year with Hard Knocks. It's not just Hard Knocks. I I've, I don't know. I got this weird feeling about the Bengals this year taking a step back. Well, the Bengals taking a step back doesn't really like your your question presupposes that we can't bet on the Chiefs. <laughs> Right, it does. So, like, there's already like the the Bengals losing to a Bills or a Jets team in the playoffs is totally reasonable, for sure. It's totally reasonable. I'm just saying, like, with all the thing, when you consider all the things, they've been there the last couple of years. They've got you know, this is how you build. I mean, they went to a Super Bowl. It's like the Jets and the Bills. I mean, the Jets are the Jets, and the Bills, like, did the Bills peak two years ago? Well, that's what I wonder. But, you know, you talked about Aaron Rodgers two years ago. Two years ago, he wins the MVP. I don't even think he – I'd almost argue if he's 85% of two totally. years ago. Totally. You know, because you have a defense that, again – and he talks about that. I I did find interesting, you'll see it in the episode, solid directly to his team. The whole team is like, dude, we got a stud defense. Our offense was good enough to win seven games last year. And he straight up says it. He's like, it's our offense. He straight up is saying it. If we can play how we can play, we're going to be a tough team to beat. But he directly calls out. I don't really remember seeing a coach do that, directly calling out one side of the ball. And, and saying it's good it's what should happen it's it's very modern uh to to just be like listen everybody's an adult here like why are we gonna be like you know if everybody does their job and looks to the man next to them you go full doc rivers you put his arms in your arms you link arms and we form one <laughs> circle of trust and no one could break this circle and you're like what the fuck are you talking about just be like, dude, the defense is good. The offense is shit. Get it together. We can go to the Super Bowl. But, like, the Jets still have offensive line questions. I think that's going to be the issue. The Jets, to, you know, this Jets signed Dalvin Cook. But, like, what does that mean? Brees Hall is going to, you know, like, you're coming back off of a serious injury. I mean, even if he comes back and plays at some point, like, it's not going to be the same year one. You know, it's like there's a lot of question marks. Also, Aaron Rodgers didn't look good last year. Yeah. I mean, look, the Dalvin Cook signing, which we talked a lot about running backs and the signings, up to $8.6 million. I mean, the, the market on running backs has gotten so cold that you have a guy coming off four straight good years, and now he's going to be like a dual back. And the same thing for Zeke. I don't know if you saw the actual Zeke deal. 
the Patriots smartly just loaded it with incentives. Right. Let me ask you something about the Dalvin Cook situation. When you talk about coming off of four good years, and you call, you talk about like what the Vikings have built the last few years there, the only explanation is they can't afford him, right? Not that they don't want him. I'd assume so. I mean, I love I love it when Kirk Cousins' contract just continues to ruin lives. Well, that's another part of that situation. Kirk Cousins now loses his top-performing running back. More pressure's on him. And not enough people are talking about that. Dude, the Vikings are... I mean, you talk about a team that's going to take a step back. The Vikings are going to be a 500 football team. You think? Yeah. I think the Vikings would be 9 and 8 or 8 and 9. You got fucking it's just your your offense just now is Captain Christ and his security blanket. Who has more yards from the scrimmage this year? Dalvin Cook or Ezekiel Elliott? Because it is an interesting question because Zeke will get more of the load, I assume, up in New England. Yeah. I'm tempted to still say Dalvin Cook. I mean, Zeke, it's like Dalvin Cook the whole time. I'm like, Dalvin Cook's good. Zeke, you're like, dude, he has moments where you're just like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. So we got a, a, a call about Justin Fields. I'm going to play since we're talking a little NFL. Oh, here we go. Is it Justin Fields MVP talk? No, it's the other way. Okay, cool. Because that the, the Justin Fields MVP talk at this point is it's like, what the fuck are we talking about? Why well, you love can he pick it MVP talk? Why like what what we just pick random dudes? You'll you'll love this calling three one zero three five nine eight three six five. That's our hotline. Hey, what's up, guys? One thing I really like about this show is that you guys are very, very on point for the most part when it comes to get underrated. And I think you guys do a pretty good job with the quarterbacks. But I think the guy that's become the most overrated, even worse than Kirk Cousins, is by far Justin Fields. And maybe you guys haven't really been paying attention to this, but... People have been overrating the fuck out of this guy. Like, he was considered a top 100 player, and people have him as, like, an MVP candidate. People have him ranked as, like, a top 10 player. Like, the guy can't fucking pass to save his life. Sure, yeah, he can run the ball, but being a quarterback has nothing to do with running the fucking football. If uh, I'm sure Joe Prano wouldn't want Saquon Barkley to be his fucking quarterback. So, yeah. Let me know what you guys think. Let me know if you guys have really seen this kind of stuff lately. So, have a good one, boys. I, I guess mean, I, I couldn't I, agree more. Yeah, I guess I, I wasn't I, as, as familiar about all this Justin Fields I, talk. I don't, I don't think that Justin Fields doesn't have MVP potential. But Lamar Jackson won an MVP, and I think we've made it clear on this show how I feel about Lamar Jackson. So, first of all, some the idea of let's 
everybody's getting their bets in on Justin Fields MVP. It's like, it's the Bears, dude. When's the last time the Bears had a, a competent offense? Competent you quarterback. Know? Yeah. Second of all, let's see. Let's say Justin Fields does win the MVP this year. All you guys who bet on it will feel real justified. That doesn't necessarily mean anything good for the Bears. Like, if Justin Fields wins the MVP, which he won't, uh, it would be some Lamar Jackson type of shit where he ran for 1,500 yards and he's and Lamar Jackson is at the point now where he's a couple years off from the MVP and we did this whole contract thing and now he's like, I need receivers and I need whatever. It's like, I don't want a quarterback that needs to run to win. Yeah. Justin Fields more so probably than Lamar Jackson needs to run to win. Okay. You look at my team. The big fear for me with my team is I think that the Giants can win without Daniel Jones running the ball a lot. But I'm not sure Brian Dable thinks that. And I don't know more football than Brian Dable. If you look at the Giants in the playoffs last year, Daniel Jones had to run the ball a lot. I don't want a guy who has to run the ball to win. Justin Fields, I could argue the Bears have to not throw the ball to win. So a lot has been made about these the the top 100 list. First of all, these lists are bullshit, guys. I I I put zero credibility into any of them. I'm sorry. I just do. Like I don't care who made them, the players, the GMs, executives. Like they don't mean shit to me. They really don't. Like 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 prime example on this list. Justin Fields is rated way higher than Trevor Lawrence and that's hilarious to me. Yeah. For for all the reasons you just said. For all yeah. the reasons you just said. Guys, this is 2023. And, and it's it, to be honest, it's mind-blowing now that people still haven't figured out your quarterback cannot be your running back. But also, you got to look around the league. If you if you look around the league, how many teams do you think that you could name? Legitimately, how many teams do you think you could name? And maybe just maybe just ramble them off the top of your head, where you feel great about their coach, and you feel great about their front office. Six teams. Ooh, that's tough. Eight teams. Do we coach. feel pretty good about like Seattle and Pittsburgh and San Francisco, San Francisco, Kansas and the City. Patriots, Kansas City, Philly, maybe? The Giants, like, uh, how quickly do we run out of teams? Like, do we feel great about the, the, and and by the way, I threw the Giants in there. That's like, that's like since this regime started. There's certainly not a long-term fucking thing. But like, we don't feel that way about the Dolphins. 
way too early to tell about the Jets, right? Way too early to tell about. I mean, the the Cowboys are ne- will never. The the like, is it a third of the league? Is it a quarter of the league? Well, even, even the Bengals, like like you know their their coach. You feel good about their coach? Ish. I feel. I, I I probably feel better. You know, I've been critical, but I, but I'm but front office no, not even close, not right. even close. Burrow's not and by even front signed. office, I mean GM. Like forget sure. the ownership situation. No, that's that's what. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, like like Burrow's not signed. Right, but like, so when when you say the top one hundred, the the this is voted on by the GMs and coaches. Okay, seventy five percent of those guys, seventy five percent of the people voting for these things will be fired within the next four seasons. That's just facts. Justin Fields is I'd so- love to see the percentage of coaches and GMs that are still in their current position from five years ago. It's probably pretty small. My thing with Justin Fields, well, first of all, is he a fun dynamic player to watch? Yeah. Some of these runs are just absolutely insane. It's just like the Lamar Jackson situation, like you said. No, guys, one's, no one's ever argued any of these guys aren't a world-class athletes. Justin exactly. Fields takes, takes shits that are more athletic than the entire bloodline of anybody on or listening to this show. But with that being said, he started 25 games, guys. Year three, that's where they turn it around, Andy. Historically, year three. Year three is where you become an MVP candidate. Look at what happened to look at what happened to Lamar Jackson in year three. Look what happened to Josh Allen in year three. You know, in the 25 games, he's five and twenty. I know it's a team sport. He's completed 59.7% of his passes, and he's thrown 4,100 yards in 25 games. He also led the NFL in sacks last year, guys. He also led the NFL in fumbles with 16. I'm just saying, like, these are stats I don't want in the modern NFL, right? That's why I keep saying, like, it's 2023. What are we talking about? I don't want to have the QB who leads the league in sacks and fumbles and also can barely throw 2,000 yards. Sorry. I don't want that. Personally, it doesn't equal playoff wins for me. It doesn't equal regular season wins for him so far. So maybe that'll change. You know, the Lamar Jackson comparison is pretty similar which makes me want to share a little thing I saw. I sent this to you and Randy Ruther. I, I was laughing out loud when I read this. The headline says, Ravens offensive coordinator Todd Munkin using routes pitched by Lamar Jackson and simply reading a few paragraphs made me laugh. How now Lamar Jackson is giving plays to his coach, blah, blah, blah. But the funniest part about that is that Lamar Jackson is saying, that he's seeing plays he saw on social media. Guys, I couldn't make this up. So your franchise quarterback, and I know people are going to say, Ruther just he's dunks like, on Lamar. I don't guys, care. Get in here. Be qu- Come in close. 
Have you guys heard of Spider 2Y Banana? <laughs> Bro, this is fucking crazy. This is from Lamar Jackson's own mouth last week. I was just on social media and I saw a couple of routes and I sent it to QB coach T Martin and he was like, I'm going to relay that message to coach Todd Munkin. Jackson said after Tuesday's joint practice, coach Munkin liked the play. So he put it in practice. Guys, your franchise quarterback is seeing plays on TikTok. And he's like, yeah, maybe I should run this at the professional level. Sorry, this doesn't make me feel good about Jackson. He's like, guys, I've been on the internet lately. <laughs> I have I have some personnel suggestions too. Have we thought about signing Darren Sharper, one of the most hardest hitting <laughs> safeties in the league? <laughs> it's unbelievable. I th- I watched this guy on the thing. I think his agent might be Gumby. So now also for the first time, they're going to give Jackson the ability to audible. (laughs) Guys, I'm not making this up. So Lamar Jackson, this is his fifth year. Dude, you've been in the league for four years. This is your fifth year, and they're just now saying you can audible. Again, Ravens fans, come at me. I'm here for it. That doesn't make me feel good about my quarterback. Do you think Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow or Justin Allen weren't audibling by year? Who even knows? Their first year? Their second year? I'm just going to let everybody dunk on you for saying Justin Allen, but that's fine. Who did I say? Justin Allen. But we know what you meant. You know, Josh Allen. But (sighs) I I, honestly, I do like the the combined powers of Justin Herbert and Josh Allen, that would be a fucking legit quarterback. (laughs) I know people think I'm just a dick about Lamar, because I just, I well, we all know how I feel. I just don't think he's going to win you anything. I don't. But the notion that he's getting plays off TikTok and Twitter, dude. Listen, the, the like we've we've talked about it at length, it, guys. If you want to follow our TikTok, we're still on TikTok at the Dirty Sports. I put it up yesterday. I put up most overrated player in Knicks history, Carmelo Anthony. That's real. They're, they're like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Uh, how about this? How about name one thing Carlo, Carmelo Anthony did above average besides score, which he did inefficiently. How about and then they'd be like, oh, you're. So somebody goes, you just hate black people. I go, what? <laughs> That's funny. And 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 the bottom line is like, it's you know, Lamar Jackson getting his plays off of social media, getting his plays off of Madden. It's exactly what the fans do too, dude. I've been using Justin Fields all off season. And I simmed the year, and he won the MVP, and he we won the Super Bowl. And I think that that might happen. Bro, it's not a video game. Stop it. You can't turn injuries off. Well, speaking of that, I just made a bet. I just made a dirt ball bet. Right now? Right now. Ugh. Poor dirt balls. 
What was the bet? It was in dirty sports DMs. Uh, diehard Lions fan Boonstrick wanted to make a Lions bet. Oh God, you like the? It's like people never uh, talk about another guy who they didn't allow to call audibles, and was eventually traded. Yeah, well, that's your funny. quarterback is You're a right. guy. Your quarterback is a guy who was on a team with a great coach, not allowed to audible. Eventually traded. They immediately won the Super Bowl. Immediate, immediate, immediately won the Super Bowl. You're dating a girl. You guys live in a fucking row house. You guys are using fucking food stamps. She divorces you, marries another guy, and is suddenly first lady of the United States of America. <laughs> and you're like, dude, I don't know. Like, I think I might have been the better choice. Are you? You fucking lunatic. So this isn't a crazy bet as far as I think from uh, from his angle. Because I, for the record, I don't, this isn't one where I'm like, oh, I, I feel so confident. I, I'm 50-50 on this. It's just them winning a playoff game. Mm, yeah. I think they could win a playoff game. And, and so do I. But I said, for fun, let's do it. But I'm also motivated. The did NFC see, is just did, so down. Did you see no what Dan Orlovsky said after what you just said about Jared Goff? No. Because that's funny. You didn't even see that. And that's basically his whole thing. He's like, people are going to say Jared Goff's the question mark? And he goes on some rant. I watched it this morning. He's like, Jared Goff is the question mark of yeah, the Lions? Goff's the question mark of the Lions. What the and, fuck are we talking about? And this is where, like, dude, this is where, like, these talking heads, I just, again, I never put too much into the value of what they say because he's going on and on about Goff's been to a Super Bowl. It's like, Dan, you also know who was behind that. Sean McVay. And just like you said, they gave him zero play calling ability. I love that he went to, he was scored six points in the Super Bowl. Three. Three. Sorry for doubling his point total and still getting it wrong. Dude, it doesn't, it's not that hard. Like when you watch Goff on both teams, Goff is great at making the easy play. He is. Cool story. You might win a playoff game because you draw who knows in the first round of the NFC playoffs. You're not winning a Super Bowl. Lions fans. You're not winning a Super Bowl. Lions fans, listen to me. I know not all of you are watching this, so I'm going to also try to do what I'm doing on camera here with my voice. Lions fans, sit down. Clutch your favorite mug of coffee. Grab your dog tight. You're going to need some comfort here. You're not winning the Super Bowl. You're not winning the Super Bowl. Lions fans, you're not winning the Super Bowl. You know what's crazy too about the Lions fan situation? I, I, I'm picturing Lions fans. I'm picturing them saying, "Why aren't we going to go far?" The Cincinnati Bengals did it a few years ago. Well, two things. One, no one saw what the Bengals were doing. No one saw that coming, right? Like the Bengals, the Bengals straight up surprised everybody that year, which I think is one of the things you need to do. Everybody's the expectations for the Lions were so high. And the second part of that, 
again is Jared Goff. Like, if you can't win a Super Bowl with the Rams defense and Sean McVay, you're not winning one in Detroit. You're just not. Sorry, guys. You might win a playoff game. You're right. There's a good chance because the NFC is dog shit. Yeah. The Giants won a playoff game last year. Giants aren't winning the Super Bowl. So, I don't know. But the notion that Goff isn't the question mark, he he's he is the question mark because they have a nice roster in Detroit. Yeah. Well, th- that's that's the problem with Detroit right now, right? Is you can think anything you want, but like coach, quarterback, defense, that's the big three. Coach, quarterback, defense. I have question marks about two of the three of those, but really two and a half of the three of those. Like it's not like their defense was great last year. No, they had some rough moments. But guys did score a lot of points on some really bad teams. So or, you got that or games where like the Eagles are beating you by three touchdowns and you come back and make it close. A lot of those games too, right? Where it's like you're getting your ass kicked. Sure, you you make late pushes in games. Now look, that division is so winnable for them. Right. But is there what's the other team that didn't make the playoffs? that is suddenly NFC champion. Like, like, how do we do this? You know who's going to be the NFC champs this year? This team that didn't make the playoffs last year. Again, I just think it's such slim pickings, right? So you have the Eagles and the Niners. and then Good, everybody... the Eagles and the Niners. What, both of them decide to play a split squad game and a meteor hits the fucking field? <laughs> And so now you're the NFC favorites. <laughs> I love that we're just like dismissing the two clearly best teams. Like, oh, well, I guess technically they could both play in a playoff game. They could draw each other. One could be the one seed and the other could be the three seed. And Detroit could be the two seed. And then Bane could show up in the middle of the game. <laughs> I'm a Lions fan. On pride. I I could see their meathead coach setting that up, by the way. Yeah. Didn't he say? I could see their meathead coach. Their meathead coach, I could see him having worn a Bane mask to one of their fucking meetings already. (laughs) You know what, man? I'm going to mix it up, man. You ever seen that movie with Batman, man? You know what I'm saying, man? Batman, man. That Bane guy, he's on to something, man. Let's blow up this stadium with our lion pride today, man. You know what Two-Face had, man? Grit. Like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Uh, Well... Football season is right around the corner, which means get those Miller lights ready for the weekend, guys. Let's fucking go. Right? We have a month left of summer. It's going to roll right into the fall. So we can just continue Miller light drinking season. Let me tell you something, Andy. Let me tell you, give you a personal anecdote about my love of Miller light. Miller, Miller Coors is one, one company, you know? Sure. But... I will I will never live in Colorado 
because Colorado definitely leans more to their old school. Like, yeah, I know it's a conglomerate now, but they love their cores here. Sure. And listen, as a guy who supports the Miller Coors super brand, uh, that's up to you guys. But it ain't for me. It ain't for me. I'm a Miller-like guy through and through. Take me, take me back to California where I can get my Miller lights. But, you know, I feel like I'm mining for gold nuggets here. The way I find a Miller light. I'm like, can I get a Miller light? Like Coors light? I was like, listen, I mean, I know the money's all going to the same place, but no, thank you. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for Miller light. Yeah. No, I feel you, man. It's, it's, it's a behemoth around here. Miller light, I would probably say is the most popular beer in Cincinnati. You can, you can find it anywhere. They're the official sponsor of the local team here. And guys, like I said, the games are right around the corner. So let's make those memories around the grill with your family, with your friends. Let's do some Miller time. Make unforgettable summer memories with Miller Lite. Get Miller Lite delivered right to your door. Visit MillerLite.com forward slash Dirty Sports. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. There will be Miller Lights flowing in New Orleans. Oh my God, I'm so excited for it. We have a call about New Orleans. A, Let's a, go. A concerned, a concerned dirt ball. Oh boy, here we go. 310-359-8365. That's our hotline. So here's what he has to say. Hey, Joe and Andy. It's Andy Sandals here in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, just had some thoughts on your thousandth episode. Um, honestly, I'm a little worried. I'm a little scared. Uh, I think the show has made a couple of enemies that are pretty scary in particular. Jameis 101 seems like a total nut and could do anything at any time. And the reality is two of his biggest haters will be in the same place along with their most loyal sympathizers. And if I'm Jameis 101, um, it, it, you know, God forbid, but it sounds like a, it sounds like an opportunity and, a little scary so i think what we need to do i think in order to do two things to not only get yoshi to the show uh and maybe have a guest spot or something but also provide some security some peace of mind for the dirt balls and what we can do i think is uh rent yoshi a tahoe or a suburban or a g-wagon or some kind of large vehicle and set him outside the venue engine running so that if he sees anyone approaching uh like Jameis 101 he could just run them over. I think <laughs> this added layer of security will make their balls feel really comfortable um, and might uh, might increase the turnout. So let me know what you think. Stay dirty. I mean, he, he brings up a good point. Although I don't think Jameis one of one is flying back from his international home. For <laughs> <laughs> Remember when Jameis one of one likes to pretend he lives in Cuba? No, I thought it was more of like New Zealand or something. <laughs> I have no idea. I, I do think in his head, he does have this large family in New Zealand of eight children. Yeah. 
Like he has meanwhile, a it's just, Meanwhile, it's just him in his Tampa Bay condo. Surrounded. Each of the Jameis one-of-one cards he owns as a child. I'm not worried about Jameis one-of-one. No, I'm not either. There's never been a guy who is more afraid of showing his face in public than Jameis one-of-one. <laughs> in the history of internet trolls. <laughs> Seriously. Oh. He went to a carnival one time. And was like, can you draw a caricature of Jameis Winston? I can't I can't afford to put a real picture of him on my book. And I certainly can't put my own face on the book. And the guy was like, Do you want me to draw him with like funny teeth? Or like uh like you know, what's 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 this Jameis fellow that you want me to draw really into? Is he like horses? Maybe he's riding a horse. And you're like, he's just like, no, just draw a character of this guy. I need it for the cover of my book. A pencil drawing. Bro. Jameis 101, I just pulled up his Twitter. <laughs> you know what he's doing now? No. He's doing a Derek Carr smear campaign. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. He's pro Jameis. He's been no, Derek no. Carr smear campaigning for like six months now. No, but get this. This is what's funny. He's posting preseason stats from seven on seven drills yes <laughs> fuck yes so he's posting comparisons side by side and it's why the saints couldn't be on hard knocks because dennis allen would never allow cameras to show that Jameis winston is outplaying Derek carr and uh dennis allen is putting his whole livelihood as an nfl coach on the line by starting the guy who isn't better imagine be imagine living in a, the the delusion where knowing in the nfl how quickly you can lose your job and then never coach again like if dennis allen gets fired after this year in the saints he'll never coach he'll never be a head coach in the nfl again yeah i agree ever and he's gonna put that all on the line to start Derek carr who he knows isn't better he knows he has a better quarterback there but he's like, I'd rather never work again and three years from now be, be fucking monitoring dodgeball games in some high school gymnasium where I'm the PE teacher because I just hate Jameis so much. Yeah, after he did the same thing last year, right? Yeah. He's just, you know, Andy Dalton was just so much worse than Jameis Winston, but he continued to start him all year. Here's an interesting question on YouTube. Live episode 1000 in New Orleans. Can you Ooh, bring, can I love you bring a modern practicing voodoo priestess? Bring on, sorry, a modern practicing voodoo priestess to permanently reverse the Ruther curse. I actually love this. I think we should do this. I think we should pay for a voodoo priestess to try to break the Ruther curse on stage live. I love it. Also, maybe she's uh maybe she's, you know, a certified uh you know like member of the whatever down there, the the clergy and can marry you. I I, I think I don't know if I'm gonna be rolling in with somebody else. Oh see, we go back to this whole thing. No one's ever met the girlfriend. <laughs> Who's gonna he, watch? Who's gonna watch our child? He dangles you. He Andy loves to dangle 
Oh, this is going to happen. Come to Cincinnati for the Monday night game. You'll finally meet her. I tossed, look, I tossed it out there for New Orleans, but it's, it's more of, hey, man, I don't think. Can you just, can't, can't. Because uh, her, because her parents still work. Can't Isla just do overnights at uh, daycare? I mean, she's there most of the day anyway. Can't you send her to daycare camp? Pack her with a little Dora Explorer bag. Be like, we'll pick you up in four days. Try not to get the croup. <laughs> She'd probably love it. She, she's like a mob boss at daycare, man. And then, just... and then just, and then just be like, I know we have a wired uh, baby monitor, but like maybe I could throw an extension cord on this and run it to New Orleans. <laughs> I feel you. There we go. Yeah. So I, I think it's just gonna be just me, guys. Boo! Boo! I know. Is that the crowd saying voodoo? No, that's the crowd booing Andy. Which which leads me to my next call. Because the racket of flying, it, don't even get me started. The next call is about ticket prices and that racket. And, and at this point, I don't know who has more of a racket when you buy a a ticket to a concert or a sports event, or you book a flight and all the upgrades and every little thing they want to charge for. But let's get to this. Hey boys, uh, Brian Heinrich calling again. And I am just perplexed with how bad ticket prices have gotten. Like I'm not talking about like the price itself. I'm more so talking about like the fees with it. Like I bought my brother, me and him bears tickets for his birthday on Ticketmaster. And on top of the, you know, $108 for each ticket, they charged me a $25 processing fee per ticket. So I ended up paying 50 extra dollars for bullshit, non-existent fees. And like, I know you guys have touched on this topic before, but my question is like, how, how do we get around this as like fans? Is, is there a ticket app that isn't as bad with fees? Is there another way to just buy tickets that I'm not thinking of? Like, is there anything we, the people as fans, can do to, like, get them to stop this? I mean, probably not. But, I mean, you know, I've never been fucked in the ass before, but it sure feels like I was. And I'd rather dirtballs not feel that same way when they, when they buy their same tickets. But, uh, anyways, thanks, guys. And condoms are from Taylor Swift. If she actually gave a fuck about her fans and people, you can tell the ticket site she's not going on two of her fans and being charged $700 for a damn ticket. So, thanks. Yeah, but she's the devil. Um, I it this seems like it's going to be a plug, but it's not a plug. Um, I went to the Strokes at Red Rocks on Monday. Epic, you know, one of my all-time favorite bands at a great like bucket list venue. Awesome show. Um, I went through all the sites to try and think. This is going to seem like a plug, but I promise it's not. SeatGeek has an option where you can just look at all the prices with fees. Now, I know this doesn't mean that there are no fees, but I think the biggest problem with these fees, besides the fact that they exist, and that's just something we have to get over because all these corporations like Ticketmaster or whatever are just going to ass rape you with fees, is that you go and you look for something. You've got a ballpark price in mind that you're willing to pay. Then you find it, and then they hit you with the fees. So, yes, the fees still exist, but I like, I prefer to use SeatGeek because I like to shop for tickets with all the prices included. 
And then I'm really know what I'm doing and not like you go on some of those other sites. I'm not going to name names, but you go on some of the other sites and all of a sudden you'll be like, Oh, it's 150 bucks a ticket. And then like, it's $360 a ticket. You're like, what are you how, like? How in the world do you do that? So I think if you can shop for prices with the fees, it's going to help. It's going to take a little bit of this thing out. See, the problem is like I was referring to the airlines, we all just accept it. I mean, you you would literally need a massive boycott. And that's and and honestly, it's what airlines do now too. They love to put they love to like show you prices and you're like, "Oh, this airline like that that ticket's cheap." And then they're like, "Oh, you want to you want to bring a bag with you at all?" And it was like, "Oh, well, yeah, I'm going to New Orleans for 4 days. I wasn't just going to wear the same clothes the whole time." They're like, oh, well, ba the bag, the one bag doubles it. And you're like, oh, no, I'm just going to carry on. Yeah, actually, carry on is more expensive on our airline. And you're like, well, what? This is stupid. Yeah. And and that's why, like, all of them do it now. I mean, even the 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 airlines I love, like, I'm a JetBlue stand, But, like, when you first see JetBlue prices, it's blue basic. You don't have a guaranteed seat. You're like, the airlines will literally be like, oh, you want a seat? Oh, you want a seat? Oh, that's, yeah, that's more expensive. Yeah, no, man. I, I, it's the the notion that they started saying extra fees, not just from first class, anywhere in the airplane where you sit, is, is such a scam, and it's such bullshit, and it's it's infuriating. It's the same way with concert tickets. Yeah, you're you're gonna order tickets, or you're gonna order tickets for a game. That's just a completely made-up fee. It is. I'll just say, he's saying $25 each ticket processing. What does that even mean? Yeah. What does that mean? Because if you go in person, there's none of that. If you show up to a stadium and you buy your tickets in person, there's no processing fee. It's a fucking scam. It's It's... It's pretty infuriating, but again, you're stuck because nobody's going to do anything about it. Do you know what's a good ticket deal? Podcast and a show, 30 bucks. Comedy House, New Orleans, December 16th. Podcast and a show. Might even get a You know what the hidden fees are? $10 off. That's the hidden fee. Yeah, might even get a Voodoo Priest there. $20 off if you tried to walk in and buy it day of. Andy just said, you go to the stadium, no fees. You show up to the Comedy House New Orleans, and you try to buy a ticket for both, 25 bucks each, 50 bucks total. You go on there right now, podcast and a show, 30 bucks. Boom. It's a pretty Boom. good steal. So that's the goal. Are we trying to get like a clunk, like a, like a chunk of seats as far as for the, the football game? I think that would be fun. And you know what? I have friends who, you know, I'm pretty, you know me, Andy. I'm pretty snobby about tickets. Mm -hmm. um, but I have friends and they have season tickets in the 500 and they're like, dude, it's so fun up there. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's go. Yeah. Just make sure nobody is there from USA Today for the win. Yeah. Because they'll write a skating review about people having fun in a stadium that it's not modern or up-to-date enough dorks 
If I could only take one bite out of every stadium, New Orleans is 27th <laughs> on my list. Do we have any other calls here? Because a few of them I'm going to save. Oh, here's a quick call. He, he's he's ranting. I, I assume he means NFL stadiums here. Okay. Let me. Oh, I got to load it first, real quick. But I assume he means NFL stadiums. Because he just says, I think he just says stadiums, which I'm like, that's kind of confusing. Hey, Dirty Sports. Uh, listen to the last episode about talking college sports. I think arguably the worst thing that the NCAA does when it comes to these tournament games is playing the Final Four in football stadiums. Oh, Final Four. That makes no sense to me. It's miserable, and it is so weird. Let me know your guys' thoughts on that are. Condoms are for every MLB executive. I guess I miss I misheard that the first time, so he means specifically the Final Four. I was thinking Final Four of college football. Um, well, again, the I, reason... I, I, my shit cut out in the middle. I missed it. Yeah. What what happened? So so he he said it's the worst thing that NCAA does. Going back to kind of what we were bitching about with college sports last week, is is putting Final Four games in oh, gi- big NFL stadiums. stadiums. Yeah, do they they're just doing that to maximize revenue? Yeah. And and be honest, that's nothing. In the past, they do that. Sometimes, sometimes they wouldn't. You know, like even in the eighties, like you could pull up a yeah. Final Four in the Alamo Dome or whatever in like Houston at the Astrodome. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, like, like they didn't always do that, but a lot of times that's really nothing new. I mean, the infamous quit Chris Weber in the early nineties, that's at the Superdome in new Orleans. You know, I mean, atmosphere wise, I get it, but they're just trying to maximize their money. Yeah. So, and, and look, they're not fun. I've been to NCAA tournament games in a dome and I've been high up. And <laughs> sorry, I'm having a flashback, dude. Dude, we go, to, we I'm just laughing to myself right now. We go to this game, we go to games, it was in St. Louis at that dome. And uh, this is like my sophomore year of college, and you know, we smuggle in all this booze too because they wouldn't sell booze there. And the guy in front of us had this gigantic thing of uh fries. You were behind Magic? <laughs> and he kid a million ketchup packets and he just kept ripping them up and putting them in and he kept digging his fingers in and he lift his fingers. And this is a grown ass man, like in his 50s. And they were just so full of ketchup and it was going everywhere. And I just remember how disgusted me and my buddies were. And dude, I and I'm a 20-year-old kid who was also disgusting. My right. point is, if I'm repulsed by how you're eating and we couldn't stop laughing and he was by himself, talk about serial killer. So that was my one memory of a NCAA game in a dome. We kept calling him T-Rex because he was going in with his little, little hands. Okay, this makes no fucking sense. 310-359-8365. Give us a ring. Get those tickets to New Orleans. Absolutely. Get your tickets to fly down. Get your tickets to the show. Like I said, uh, it's it's pre-sale only. Like a, a early early bird special only. We will eventually take down that two for one deal, two for one and a half deal 
So get your tickets to stand up and a show and the podcast. Uh, you can come see me in Colorado this week, tonight, Denver, tomorrow, uh, and Saturday in Steamboat. Um, you can come see me in LA for the next couple of weeks. While I'll be back. Um, Vegas, end of October, Alaska, November, New Orleans, December. Come see a show, JoePrano.com. I'm on all the social media at JoePrano. We're on TikTok where I'm triggering basketball casuals at the Dirty Sports. I'll have to check it out. I, I... I'm i I'm still waiting for the first Andy Andy Ruther rant on TikTok. I know. I got I to gotta learn it, man. I have to just literally sit down. I know it sounds stupid and like just kind of look at the app, Google how to do it. And then, then I'll do a rant. You have to teach me how to do the picture in picture thing. Yeah. You teach the green screen. All right, guys, that's our show. Have a great weekend. We'll see you guys on Monday. And as always, stay dirty.